Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Living You to Living. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Team Ragde Eiendoms, Anders Auckland is a true Bismarcki Classics legend with his 16 states wins, only better by Britta Johansson Nugren. Besides his victories, he has been on the podium 14 times since 2011. He's an inspirational athlete who keeps pushing the envelope at his ripe age of 47, showing everyone that master skiers can still perform well in the competitive sport. Before his career in long-distance skiing, he participated at the Olympics twice in 2002 and 2006. He won gold in the relay and finished fourth in the 15-kilometer race in 2002. He has also represented Norway at four world championships between 2001 and 2007. And he has managed to get three medals, two silver and one gold. He has six World Cup victories and 13 podiums. Besides skiing, he used to compete in athletics and in cross-country running. And he's a former national champion in 5,000 meters in 1995 and in 10,000 meters in 1996 and 1997. In 2004, Auckland won the Vasa Lopet, becoming the second Norwegian to accomplish this feat after 1971 winner Ole Elefsetter. He's a high-capacity skier with a strong VO2 max, and he runs his team together with his brother Jürgen. They are both advocates of extreme challenges, of which the Greenland expedition in 2018 is a great example. Welcome to this episode, Anders Auckland. Thank you very much. You had a lot of snow in in Oslo late in the season and you did some long trips. Can you take us through this? Yeah, when the, the season had a, a too early ending, we um, we had still very nice condition in uh, Nordmarka near Oslo where we live and uh, we decided to do some uh, nice uh, trips and uh, I just ski from my house here uh, nearby Oslo and uh, go around in a nice uh, ski area uh, from Holmenkollen and uh, the north part of uh, Nordmarka. And um, uh, the weekend, the Birkebein race uh, was supposed to go. We uh, had, uh, together with Holund and Joar Tele, we did a long, uh, long uh, trip. And um, the week after, you and... What was long trip at that time? That time we had uh, 150 kilometers and I had uh, with me my son, Oliver. And uh, we were finished at the uh, early evening and uh, but Hulun, he, he went for 50k more. He didn't tell us. So uh, in the evening we saw a picture, he had 200 kilometers. So then I had to call you out and said, uh, tomorrow we have to do uh, one more trip. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, two days later, we did uh, 320, I think. But it was really, really nice. We started uh, 6 in the morning and ended 12 in the evening. So it was a nice trip. 320 kilometers. And I, I looked at Strava and you had you kept a pretty good pace. That long workout, right? Yeah, we. <laughs> I think it's uh, to go skiing in the Nordmarka. It's uh, really hilly and... Uh, we didn't have any competition, so uh, we had to use our uh, use our good form. <laughs> we were supposed to do the Birkebeiner and uh, Illuslevi and uh, Reistaløpe, but instead we we did uh, we spent our good shape with uh, long trips in Nordmarka. A little later, you skied even longer. 
it was uh, actually um, Edgar Haugen. He's the sponsor uh, of, of our team, and uh, he uh, he had uh, read some place that uh, it was a guy 30 years ago who had skied uh, 51, uh, one, 520k or something. So uh, then we decided to uh, to go for it, and uh, we found a lake that was okay. It was flat, of course, and we did some loops there and. Uh, Started uh, in the afternoon and skied the whole night and uh, most of the day after and uh, then we had 520k and it was it was uh, a really nice experience. The, it was nice to go skiing in the evening and during the night and uh, in the morning, but it was not really hard pace. It was just for fun and it was to test it. And I also had some 16-year-old boys with us the, most of the time and. Uh, Oh, we, we we felt okay in the end, but uh, we had to go home <laughs> at the time. But uh, how, how long did it take you? I, I think we were skiing for thirty hours or something. Yeah. And, and who did the whole thing? Uh, it was uh, it was Juartiella and uh, my brother Jürgen and me who did the whole part. But uh, together with us from the start, we have uh, two sixteen-year-old guys and uh, one other uh skier and um it was like a a long uh, autumn uh, trip but uh, i think it's possible to go further if you want to but uh it was enough for us that day so what heart rate do you have when you go for 30 hours i didn't have uh, i didn't measure it but uh, i don't know but i think the pace was like uh, a little bit harder than a long session when you do three two three hours normal long distance training i think we had higher pace than that because uh it's boring you have to to push but uh <laughs> not too hard but uh we, we didn't have uh, um expectation to do 24 hours as uh, fast as possible it it was just a long ski trip and we had fun and uh, in the night we sat down uh, with a fire and had some uh uh, sausages and uh, drink uh, something uh, good and uh, but it was a nice trip but um, we were skiing the whole for 30 hours how far have were you after 24 hours i don't know not so fast as a record because we weren't we didn't push it but uh, yeah. we tried to to don't have long breaks and we tried to have a quite hard pace uh, the whole time yeah what did you learn from this like what would you put in to I think it's uh, it was a great experience. It was fun to ski together during the night. When the sun went down, it was dark, and uh, the ski the whole night. And when the sun come up, uh, and it's important to have the right thing to eat, to have uh, something that is easy to put in your uh, stomach. It's important, and uh, also after twenty four hours, it start hurting different places that normal maybe in your hands and uh, maybe change poles uh, can be good but um, it's, it's it's it was a good feeling to go long and to see when you get really tired tired in a different way than in a race how long did it take you to recover like when did you do the, the next interval session after that this was in the end of the season and it was no more races. So uh, 
I didn't do so much interval in the end of the season. I only I went up to the mountain at Bytostolen and do more long sessions. So uh, <laughs> I didn't have so much hard intervals in that period in April. I was uh, just skiing long session for fun. But uh, we did both both this uh, long trip in uh, one week, and uh, I think it's possible to go uh, really long if if you want to do. But I, I was much much more tired when I was uh, skiing at Greenland two years ago than this trip. But it, this was more for fun. We will get back to to Greenland. But so as you said, you live in in Oslo, and you also have uh, is that your oldest uh, child that that joined you for the long trip? Yes, Oliver. I have a so he's 16 year and Oliver and he's uh, skiing and is uh, also um, want to be a cyclist. So I, uh, most of my time now I train with him and go with him with him at competition both summer and winter. And I think it's really it's fun. I, I think it's uh, to see the sport when you're young and see how the training is. Um, of the body respond on the training and uh, it's really interesting and it's really fun i think so when you are the cycling races you are there as a spectator or you do are you doing some masters i no i'm not a race uh, myself but uh, i train a little bit together with him and at uh, all the the races i have to drive in the car or to be a mechanic or uh, help with other things and it's uh, <laughs> it's exciting are you a good mechanic I'm learned. I'm learning the whole time, but uh, I'm not good enough. I have. I need some help. <laughs> yeah. How old are the other kids? I have one girl. She's 13, and uh, a boy. He's 10 years. So uh, three three kids and uh, a lot of uh, things to do every day. Are they skiing as well? The two younger. They are not competing, but uh, they like to be out and ski and uh, be active and. Uh, be on a bike or something, but uh, it's only Oliver who competes a lot. You have a tremendous record. Uh, you have you're an Olympic champion in relay, a uh, world champion relay. You have two individual medals from the world championship. Uh, you have won five World Cup victories in Visma Ski Classics. You're the most successful male skier ever with 16 event victories you have won the yellow beer three times you have won all the big races like Vasilop at Marshallonga, Berkey Biner and the Yeserska it's actually just you and, and three more that have won all those four races you have won Parto and Orefjell and also you have done some other sports uh, what's what would you say is your favorite sport Except skiing. When I was when I was young, I compete uh, running in the summer. Uh, sometimes uh, cross country running, but uh, more and more on the track. So I, I was running fifteen hundred and three thousand meter a lot until I was uh, eighteen, nineteen, and then I uh, was with the um, national team, junior team in cross country skiing, and I was more and more into uh, have a career in cross country skiing, and then okay. I. Then I started more roller ski and uh, training that way. And um, so, would you say run, running is your second yeah. favorite? Yeah, it is. It, it was my favorite, <laughs> but no, I'm too slow. But uh, yeah. of course, running is a, a really nice sport. I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So, so continue with with your list of results here. I mean, you have done ten thousand meter running in 
2945, 5000 in 1357 and 3000 in in two, uh, 8 minutes and 1 seconds and we also need to mention that you have won the Norwegian Nationals in winter triathlon seven times. Can you tell us about that? It was for me the competition was uh, good motivation and uh, actually it was it was running and skiing. I did a lot uh, competing, but then I also got more interesting into biking and I tried duathlon and winter triathlon sometimes and uh, I used the bike more and more in my cross-country skiing when uh, I was slower on the, the, the running track. But uh, And then it was natural to, to join some competition. But but for me, in that period, the, 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 the goal was to try to win World Cup races in cross-country skiing. So all the, the competition I did was just hard training. But uh, it took some years to, to break through in the World Cup because uh, in Norway it's... Uh, hard competition for to be on the national team and uh, it's not uh, easy to to be at the world cup team so uh, i i used in many years in, on the recruit on the b team before i was good enough for um, go to world cup almost every weekend and but then i then i did uh, some improvement and i was uh, really happy to 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 be on the podium in World Cup races. So, yeah. so did you stop? Because, I mean, you have also t- <laughs> won the Norwegian championships in, in dog sledding. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, did you quit with all this duathlon and winter triathlon uh, uh, I, I, when, when you got to the A-team? I, I used this competition as uh, hard training, as a fun, fun competition for my training for uh, cross-country skiing. And I... Uh, since I was 19, I haven't improved much in running, but uh, then I started focus on the cross-country skiing. But I think it was good to have my background from running because it's really, really hard. And I try to focus on shorter races, like 1,500, and not only 10,000 and longer races. And I think it was good for me to have shorter, hard run uh, competition in the like a background because it was quite similar to... Uh, to do 10 and 15 kilometer cross-country skiing. I, I mean, your running times, uh, they are very good, even though you were just a runner. How do we need to run? I mean, why is that so much better? Couldn't you just put all that training on, on roller skiing? I think uh, cross-country skiing has um, developed a lot since I was 20, 20 years. And now the, um, the best cross-country skiing in the world, they are... Uh, stronger they are faster on roller ski they have more power and uh, not so good runners like 20 years ago then then running was more uh, used in the training i think it's uh, it's good to have uh, running as a great part of the training for a cross-country skier because uh, if you want to be a good cross-country skier in the world cup uh, track then uh, the high vo2 max and to have Good capacity is is easy to train on the the run uh, when you do running, but uh, you don't have to run uh, low eight minutes uh, on uh, three thousand. It's uh, it's more important to run in uh, maybe uphill and uh, cross country running. But um, I think it's more normal now to to go roller ski more in the roller ski tracks and to have more focus on that part. You did. 
29.45 back in the days. What can you do at 10,000 meter today? Uh, I'm not do so much running. I, I use the treadmill for running because I have uh, hurt hurting everywhere in my legs. I I stopped running almost five years ago, but I think it's possible to do nine minutes on 3,000. But uh, oh. that's only for uh, capacity. I don't have my the speed in my legs anymore. So, uh, but as a cross country skiing skier, if you have have good capacity, it's nine minutes is uh, possible to run without speed. You can just yeah. run it uh, <laughs> your lungs. But uh, if you want to run faster, then you have to do faster training and intervals training and so on. So, so running was a big part of you uh, when you trained as a kid. What other like? How did you train when you were little? You have a very good high VO2 max. What what made it? What made your endurance? Was it uh, running intervals or how did you train? I was competing a lot. I was competing every weekend in uh, cross country races in the winter. And when the when it came to April, I start uh, running on uh, track and field and. Uh, I do also some orienteering in the in the woods. Do more longer training session there. And uh, in the autumn, I started on roller skate again. So when I look back and see my training since I was 12, 13 years old, I was I was training really hard. I was competing a lot. I, I think that was good motivation for me and also a good background to have. You. Had a successful career as as a traditional skier, as we mentioned, in the middle or maybe in the end of that career, there was a team that was built uh, or that was created in 2007 by Nils Marius Utterstad. Yes. What, what did he create? Oh, in the end, in the end of the my World Cup uh, ski career, I, I. I like long, long distance uh, a lot, like 50k, and it was only in the Holman Call, and maybe in the championship you were able to ski 50k. And I always um, looked at Vasaloppe and Marcelonga. I, I raced Vasaloppe and Marcelonga in 2004. I, I, I won <laughs> in 2004, and in uh, 2006 Vasaloppe was also in the World Cup, and uh, my brother Jürgen was into the long distance um, since 2001. And uh, I always had, uh, I want to do more uh, specialized training into long distance. And to, my goal was to win Vasaloppe, Marsalonga and the Birkebeiner race. And together with Jürgen and Nils Maris Otterstad, we created a team. Uh, Extra Personnel was the name of the team. And the year after, 2008, we had Jens Arne Svartedal with us as well. And uh, then we were uh, getting know with uh, David Nilsson, and we were uh, uh, had some ideas that, uh, and David had also ideas to make uh, a cup before it was Fist Marathon Cup, and all these uh, great races was not working so good together, and since then it has been a, a, a fun development and a very important develop that Vismarsi uh, Classic and this that bring all these great long distance races together has been so important for uh, the cross country the the sport so um yeah. but, but but what happened i mean the first season of Vismaski classic was in 2011 and the team was built in uh, 2007 what, what how did it look those years 
And those years, it was the same races. We uh, didn't have all the races. We had Yesariska uh, was the first race. We had uh, Los Cabeda was the first race. And then it was Yesariska, Marcelonga. We had uh, Dolomitenlauf, uh, of course, Vasaloppen, the Birkebeiner races. And um, the cup was not so important. Fismarodon Cup was not important, but it was the same prestige to win Marcelonga and Vasaloppen that time than it is today. And I still think that uh, the greatest race, the uh, monument races like Marcelonga, Vasaloppen and the Birkebeiner are, are more, much more important than uh, the cup altogether. When uh, the Ski Classic Cup come together, then we started to see more team like we have today. It's uh, then we could build up team like in the cycling. Uh, we have uh, a sprint uh, jersey. We have uh, a jersey for young skier. We have uh, more focus on women skier, and uh, I think it's so good for the development of the sport because uh, the World Cup races are still not having so much long uh, races and uh, the ski classic is that part of the old type of skiing but if you want to go from a to b and if you want to have long races and um, i think it's important for cross country what year did you say tell yourself that okay now i'm a full-time long distance skier and i'm not the traditional skier it was after uh, 2007 was my last year on the national team in Norway. Uh, I was in Sapporo uh, in the World Championship. And during that winter, Jürgen, me and Ismaru sat down. We got uh, the sponsor and uh, we, we want to develop in long distance skiing. We want to win Marslonga and Vasaloppe to, to be on that arena. Uh, and we had a lot of new ideas how to build up a, a team and how to work with the sponsor and how to be a motivator for uh, amateur skier and how to uh, uh, see cross-country skiing as bigger than just World Cup. I think it's important and I learned it uh, that year with Nils Marius and Jürgen and since that uh, uh, this thing has just go on and uh, Vismarsi Classic has developed and uh, a lot of other teams are improving and um, yeah, I think it's, it's fun to watch. Do, do you remember your very first Vismarsi Classics race in 2011? I don't see the difference from... The, I think it was Gisarska. Yeah. It was Gisarska yeah. and I, I remember Nils Marius come to us and we had some ski classic uh, logo to put on our ski suits so uh, I think it was oh no we call it ski classic before it was just Yeserska but uh, <laughs> I, I think it was um, so good that we could uh, have our, our own uh, cup but do you remember the very race like uh, I think I was see... skiing together with Oscar Svard and then he won by a little less than two minutes he was second yeah I remember that and uh, I have Two times I have been fighting with Oscar in Yesaiska, I think, and this was one of the area. And Yesaiska is one of my favorite races, actually, because, of course, uh, Vasalop is the biggest and the race with most prestige, and I love uh, Marcelonga. But uh, also Yesaiska is uh, a race that I, I like very much because of the atmosphere and the, the track there. What is your favorite race? I have to say Vasaloppe because it's the the race with most prestige and the longest and 
everyone want to win, but uh, Marcelonga, Birkebeiner, the Salska is also raced I, I like very much. When uh, Wisma Ski Classic started in 2011 and people started to get specialized in long distance skiing, uh, some skiers started to double pole races very early. Jürgen, your brother, was one of them. Uh, and in 2013, he, he won the Vasa without Kikwax. He was the first person to do that. I joined you for a camp in Tunsberg in the summer of 2013. It was very interesting to see because I've been to camps with many teams and there is like one thing that stands out and you are <laughs> training so hard, like everything is fast. Recovery workouts are fast, intervals are harder and longer, strength training. I mean, I remember Jens Eriksson, he did uh, so many uh, chin-ups that he couldn't like uh, carry his bags the week after. He went to the beach with yeah, his girlfriend and, and his girlfriends had to carry all the bags because he had just cramps for, for so long time. And it was... Um, on a resting uh, afternoon, you were out kayaking and did some some intervals, even though it was uh, like a half-day rest. Uh, it, it seems that you're training very hard. We, we did uh, a lot of hard training in that period. And uh, for me, uh, it was a different way in training than that I was used to in the as a World Cup skier, because I was training with the best skiers in the world. Everyone was uh, high in the VO2. We had uh, good results. But now I was moving on to another arena. I was trying to ski for 70 and 80 and 90 kilometers. And we was very inspired by Daniel Chanel. Jerry Arlene was a very important uh, person on our team. He was... Uh, he liked to do hard training and he was pushing the limits. And, and he was also early in double pole racing. He was racing. very early, yeah. yeah. Well, s- already in 2008, he, he did Vasalopet. He did Vasalopet in 2008 with uh, Novaks and he was uh, really hard to beat. <laughs> but uh, mm. I think Jerry and um, also Simon Östensen was our team and, uh, in that period and he was uh, very important for me to do the training with him and then we started to push the limits in the training. We did, did a long session, we did hard session, we did more interval. And I felt that I was starting to get old, so I had to do something different with my training to, to develop it. Because at that time, you said that after the season of 2012, you sat down with Nils Marius and... You changed things. You put uh, the biking you put aside, uh, and you, you decided to be more efficient in training. And then the season, I mean, you won. You and your brother won every race. We had a really, really good season in 2013, and uh, we had good skis, of course. But I, I think we was ahead of some others with the training. For me, it was motivation to see how much and hard I could train, but. I pushed the limits maybe too far some years there and I learned that uh, it's good to have the balance and I have more balance in the training now than I had before but in that year we were pushing limits for the training and I, I was also inspired by kayaking 
and see how the strength training from kayak was. And I was inspired by cycling uh, to see how... What, what about strength? Because I know you took in URTL on the team, but in... in uh... In what way? Was his tr- strength training, or, or can you explain that? It was uh, as a normal cross-country skier that time. It was uh, it was starting to have. Uh, we were starting to have a lot of more max and hard and long uh, strength uh, session. But uh, when we got to know the kayak paddler, we we started to see strength training also as uh, endurance. So we we tried to pick out some um, things from what kayak paddler did to, to go put it into cross-country skiing in the double pulling part in in what way so you're not die in your uh, arms in the last 20k in the so we have endurance in um, in the arms and the stomach so we so we, we put in more strength training uh, special focus strength training what is endurance? You mean ma- many reps or what? Yeah, is- yeah, many reps in some some uh, part of the strength training. But we also had maximum strength training. But anyway, it's uh, very often that the winners have also very high capacity. So the I think the most important thing is to have very high capacity. But in that years, uh, I think we were ahead of other long distance skiers that we have. Endurance to stand um, on maximum double pull capacity in the end of a race, but some others died in the end. But now I see that uh, a lot of skiers are doing so much good training. So the level and uh, are much higher in the, the big group than it was before because uh, the training that are been done now is uh, much better than it was in that period when among money skiers so uh would, would you say that you kind of lifted up the level that season of 2013 i think in sport uh, the level are uh, going one way <laughs> it's uh, the development of the that's the motor of uh, sport it's like uh, it's every time it's development because always a new skier that's coming up that is better than the old, old older skiers and get inspired so that uh, was, uh, I remember Jerry Alin was also o- always thinking that if, if you don't know what you will have known for 10 years, then you could win races. So I think the the best thing in sport is to lie ahead your uh, competitors yeah. in everything. If you put uh, the version of, of Anders Auckland from 2013 and put in a race today, how would, what kind of performance is that? <laughs> I uh, always difficult to compare, but uh, at that time I had much, much better capacity. I had uh, a better motor, but in the power and in the strength training, I could keep up with uh, that now, even that I'm old. So, But I also think that the level on the, the other skis in the in the group and in the, the in a race now is much higher than it was in 2013 so that's very very difficult to to compare but uh i wish i was uh 15 years younger sometimes in the race <laughs> i think that um, when you're old it's important to to do some smarting in the training you have to be curious and you have to look at what you have done that is good 
and you have to be inspired uh, by young skiers and see what's new and put it uh, together in a smart way. A broad question, but what do you need to be successful in long-distance skiing? In long-distance skiing, it's uh, double-pulling. That's the part uh, you have to be good in. But you have some skiers that are winning races that are very, very good capacity skiers. Like Petter Eliasen is one of them. Forrasli Erdalen is one skier with really, really high capacity. But you also have uh, more and more sprint uh, type of skiers that uh, are not the best World Cup skiers and they are not good enough in the uphill, but they they can keep up with the pace. They're quite good in uphill and they can stay in the group and be in a, very hard to beat in a sprint. So now, now, now we have both type of skiers. If I choose, I think it's better to be a fast skier that have... Uh, uh, a good sprint and have uh, opportunity to build uh, a good, good capacity with the training. It's more difficult to do it the other way. <laughs> but isn't hard to build capacity after you turn 20? I think it's possible to do a lot with good training if you have talent and uh, if you are a good sprint skiers and 20 year and do uh, really good capacity training for five years. I think it's possible to be good enough for win race in uh, in uh, long distance race maybe not to win world cup race but uh, the capacity in uh, Vasaloppe and uh, Marshallonga is different from uh, to win uh, 15k in uh, Kusamo so back to, to the training i mean uh, uh, so remember your camp in, in Majorca when when uh, easy jog was at like uh, 345 pace and uh, I understand that you are training very hard when you are in a camp, but do you think like many elite skiers are taking it too easy on easy workouts? I, I think it's difficult to to say what's right or wrong for elite skier, because when you are an elite skier, you are a good athlete, but... Uh, what I learned during... A- but I mean those maybe that are, they are finishing like 20th or 40th in Vismoski Classics race? I, I think that's... Uh, uh, with the training, it's... Uh, I, I, I learned that I could train harder than I believed before I could do. So I have tried to push the, the limits for what how hard I could do the training, but... When you do a lot of hours, it's also important to have a good uh, control of your training. So some parts are quite easy and some parts are more in the competition speed. But uh, So not everything is in the competition speed. But now I, I actually train a lot less than I did before. And now a good part of my um, training time is in quite high speed. I think it's important to have both. And... Uh, Many skiers are uh, pushing the limit hard, too hard, I think. Uh, but what I've seen of, uh, in skiing now is that I have never seen so many skiers been training so good here in Norway. I don't know in other countries, but in Norway, I see a lot of uh, young and uh, also older skiers that are really, really good in the, the training parts. Yeah, many are doing like thousand hours per year. Yeah, it's uh, 
is a really good uh, quality in the training and uh, I think that's also why uh, we have so uh, good result in if you go to a national race here in Norway or uh, it's 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 so many that do really really good training and it's a good um, knowledge of training and they can measure with the others yeah how, how many interval sessions do you have every week or do you used to have every week I change but uh, some when sometimes two or three and sometimes four even up to five so um, between two and five but uh Three, four is, um, I think, maybe normal. Three, and how how long is an interval session? Like, how many intervals? It's uh, I do everything, I, every type of interval. But uh, if I have intervals that are in a race pace, in a long distance race pace, uh, maybe one hour. Uh, mm. And uh, some day I have also harder pace, and then it's uh, maybe less. But uh, yeah. if when you are getting older, it's important to keep the speed and it's important to keep the quality in the training because what I notice now is that my capacity is going down. I don't have the turbo anymore. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm good in the threshold speed. I'm good in the normal uh, race pace. But when uh, the, the speed is uh, turning up to really, really high speed, I have problem. And, so I have to do more training in that part and uh, all the hours and all the, the endurance I have from 30 years of good training. How many hours do you, do you think you're doing now compared to before? I uh, don't... Uh, I, I think I have about 70 hours a, week, a month now. Maybe 80 if I'm in a long training camp. But uh, I do only one training a day one training session a day when I'm home and uh, I are with the kids in the afternoon and when I'm on the training camp I do a lot of training so one week can be from 12-13 hours to 35 hours so it, it's really different from week to week and I put in a lot of training when I have time and uh, normal weeks when I'm home I training a lot lesser than I did before have you trained more than 1,000 hours in one year? No. When I was on my best uh, in the World Cup, I have about 850 hours in a year. And uh, for me, that was good. I tried a little bit more. And uh, for me, that was uh, the best because I was. Uh, I need to have the quality and I need to have the balance and I need to have um, be fresh so I could take the trainings. For me, that was good. Something that doesn't require a good view to max, or maybe a little bit, but you have crossed Greenland, or you have tried to, to break the record of crossing Greenland on skis. To, to ski across Greenland is uh, like an adventure. So if you love skiing and long-distance skiing, across Greenland it's uh, something that uh, are like a little adventure. So uh, when Jürgen and me got the opportunities two years ago, together with two other guys to, to be on a trip. It was like an adventure and we, uh, we were looking forward to it. And uh, of course we wanted to do it as fast as possible. And that means uh, less equipment, uh, less food, uh, light, uh, everything. So uh, What kind of skis did you use? Did, did we, used, you... we used normal racing skis, classic. Normal uh, racing, oh, really? uh, 
trio the best uh, race equipment but uh, we had uh, uh, some boots that are a little bit warmer than a normal race mm. carbon the equipment was really good but we got really bad weather and snowstorm and how, how far how far is it i think it's 600 kilometer and uh, on the highest point you are 2500 but okay. uh, the snow is really really slow and uh, it's um, it's flat but this, when it's windy the, it's uh, it can be very difficult to have uh, I, it's difficult to, to move fast on uh, on uh, the ice there, and uh, this is 25 minus and uh, windy. But uh, it was an experience, and it was uh, we learned a lot. But we get so, so. What happened when you got bad weather? Uh, we had to to stay in the tent for uh, 30 35 hours, and it was uh, windy like hell, and it was cold and. Uh, we got the cold, and uh, because when uh, three, uh, four, four people are in a tent for, uh, and was just one layer tent because we were saving uh, weight, so then it was really wet in there, and the our uh, sleeping bags were quite wet. It was the most uh, unpleasant thing I ever done. The, I was hungry, I was cold, I was a little bit scared. Yeah, wasn't weren't you scared of dying? No, I was not really scared that way, but uh, we felt that it was uh, this is uh, like uh, serious. But we were not scared in a scared way, but uh, it was uh, a serious serious. Uh, the, the one of the problem was also that we get uh, really really hungry in the last two days there mm-hmm. because it was we had we had food, but it, we were moving so fast, so it was difficult to eat what we had uh, brought with us because uh, we should have more gels and sugar and stuff but we had uh, more uh, normal uh, polar uh, food like more fat and uh, more some heavy food but it, uh, if I do it again I will have other food with me but uh, a great experience really you have uh, been out in the mountains because I know you you broke your your ankle once in the mountains, Do, are you often out on like backcountry skiing or ski touring? In the season, I'm not. That. Then it's training to try to be in good shape and it's competition. But like I think all cross country skiing, I know skiers I know here in Norway, we are uh, fond of uh, be be on ski trip and be on long ski trip and be up in mountains and some steep mountains and uh, in uh, April, I normally do a lot of randonnée and uh, other long trips, like an adventure or to to have fun. And uh, yeah, I, I I think actually a lot of or all cross country skier have a lot of fun and good training with this stuff. Talking about things that's not about competing, you have also written a few books uh, together with other people. One, I, the two ones I have on my shelf is. Uh, Edith Lange Löp about training and uh, Smörreboka about uh, waxing. How how were those projects? Oh, it was it was fun, <laughs> but uh, it started out that uh, when you do races like uh, long distance race, you it's important to know that we are on uh, the amateur skiers arena, 
it's uh, we are not World Cup skiers. We are on uh, the same part, the same arena that uh, thousands of thousands of amateur skiers. And that's why we're able to have the sponsor. That's why we're able to, to do these races. And it's important to see us like uh, ambassadors for the ski sport and also motivators for uh, other amateur skiers. And that's how we work with the sponsors. And uh, that's also the background for writing this, uh, these books because we want to, to motivate and inspire all skiers, uh, also amateur skiers, and that's the that's the background actually for for this project. Can you see that you inspire people in Norway, like they they follow you and they buy the same gear as you have, or can you see that you're a role model for some people? <laughs> I, I think I think the whole idea with the long distance skiing is I see more and more inspiring people because uh and that's we saw also that with we did when we did this long trip in uh, this year because it was a lot of people that think this was so good and so fun because we're going with the cross-country long distance in this in the classic we're going back to the roots of skiing and i think it's important for myself why uh, <laughs> what i feel is that uh, i still still compete even if i'm actually too old for competing <laughs> but uh, in in the elite group but i know i think it's just fun I, I i i do it because i i like the excitement of the competition so every year uh, i tell magna dalen that uh, that's when i the last 10 minutes before much longer and was but that's that the feeling i get there that's why i do the training the whole year because I, I actually love the excitement of the competition. I notice now is that uh, other amateur skiers are in the same age group that myself, and I see that it's actually possible to to do something with the training. If you do so and so with the training, if you use the ski erg, if you have one long session, so you can train like four hours now, four five times a week, and you could be on a quite good level in Vasaloppa. So that's that's the fun. Thing I like yeah. amateur skiing. You mentioned here about being nervous at 10 minutes before the race. Yeah. Let's uh, listen to what your brother Jürgen Auklund says about that. When we were younger, we, we always had a, a fun time uh, competing in different uh, different uh, sports, both cross-country and running and orienteering and even uh, dog sled racing. So uh, we had a good time with the supportive family and uh, the environment around us when we were between 15 and even younger was uh, a lot of people down here in uh, Tønsberg, which not so much now. We were having a good time and uh, we trained pretty hard. Uh, Our father was, uh, yeah, he was uh, kind of uh, interested in training and and, and uh, we did a really good job, and but always had had, uh, had a good time. So uh, and Anders was always he was a good runner, and uh, I was always slower than him, but I was good in the long distance. So um, so we had had some good fights and uh, and tried to help each other. Anders is the one with the, the most uh, titles among the men, and I think it's it's uh, because of his talent, uh, both his. Um, like uh, he's just a natural raw talent for the sport, but also his uh, the mindset and his mental strength. 
uh, that's quite unique uh, to do all the work and to deliver and be at your best when when you have to. Yeah, he, he impressed me every day. Uh, the way he goes out and uh, and the, the the work he does every day, it's uh, yeah, it's not uh, normal. I would say. I think if you ask Anders, he will ask uh, all the quitters why they quit. I think he still have the same feelings, the, the the fun with competing that he had when he was 10 or 20 or 30. He still get that the butterflies in the stomach and uh, and um, the playful joy with the, with competing. He still got that when he goes to the to the to the start line. But now he he, he needs the real big events to 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 push and to be at his best. Uh, so it's it's harder and harder for him, I think, to to be at his best. He needs to to work hard against one or two big goals. Again, it's the it's the mind and uh, and the motivation. And now also the the team is his motivation. And now with Marit is back and uh, Petter is there and Andreas and to develop together with the team and to help the team. I think that's that's a big motivation for him. The team is a big motivation. Is it like that? Uh, absolutely, because uh, the competitions and the, the the excitement there is a big motivation. But I could have done everything and not not nothing without the team. Because uh, to train with uh, Andreas and Petter and Oscar and Joar and uh, many years with uh, Torasle, Simon, Jarielin, all these people have been really really important. And to have a team that that are really hungry and who want to improve the whole time, every session, that's uh, that's the meaning of sport, and that's that's why I started with sport. And I I, I got the same feeling now as Jürgen said than I was younger. But uh, what I have to that what I have to accept is that uh, I'm not in a position to win races uh, like I was before. I am not good enough and I, I, I don't have the same skills as I had before. But it, it really motivates me to see other skiers in the team develop and be at their best and win races. So uh, I now got more the team feeling and uh, I got really, really happy when others on the team succeed and develop and improve. But uh, still, I got the good feeling some days a year when I uh, are at my best, even if it's not good enough. But uh, I like I li- that. That's why I like the sport. What is your best long distance ski race ever? When did everything work out your way? I, I it's very difficult to point out at the one race. I have some. Uh, Really good uh, memories of the race in Baselop in 2015 because uh, that was in the end of my uh, career. I was starting to get old, but I felt so strong the whole time. And the first time I was tied was in Murapaken, and then Petter beat me <laughs> at the finish line. But uh, during that race, I was so uh, I had so good feeling and. And uh, I remember the two days or some before we, we the hero and cross country long distance Daniel Tunnel was um, stopped racing because of his heart uh, problems, so he he was not on the start line. And then uh, I decided to uh, every part that he normal put in his uh, hard pace, I will try to race like he did. 
and uh, and that was uh, a really really good feeling during the race. It was wet and it was difficult condition, but uh, I didn't mind. I, I was just put in the hard uh, hard kick when uh, yeah. there I wanted to do, but uh, ah, I was second. But the, the feeling yeah. was good. And then you were forty two years old. Yeah, I, I was. I think it was one of my last really really good race, and I also had one in Orefiel. And maybe it yeah. was 2017 or something. Yeah, yeah, it was 17 when you yeah. won the sprint by herringboning. Yes, I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, so that you won in order in 2017, and you also were third in a few races in the end of the season in 2018. With and at that time you were 45, and then the last two seasons you've been not not as fast, no. but. Where do you, would you say is the limit for being able to to win races? I think when I look at myself and I also talk to some other skiers that have been in um, uh, have some of the same experience with training and competing, I and also by measuring my uh, result on the ski erg on running and everything, so I, I felt that forty four is a year that uh, then then he started getting the wrong way so so uh, i have felt much more problem the last two seasons than i did in um, 15 16 17 so i think that's so you the mean limit. you can uh, so after 40 you, you even though you get a, a lower view to max you can like uh, cover up in different areas like you could compensate for that you, by being a better double polar or whatever can, you can compensate compensate with the good training and to be at your best at that special day and also to have really good skis that we success to have in some of that races with Magnar. So everything have, has to be your way, but um, but uh, the age is uh, working on the body and you you uh, so you have to be mental and uh, do thing different is different many skiers are impressed of you not only by your performances and your motivation but also how you handle like being a little slower for example when you're doing intervals on something that you could measure for example the ski erg or or running a specific a specific distance how is the feeling like when you're a little slower? Does it feel the same, but the time shows that you're not as fast? Or, or how do you handle it and how does it feel? It's uh, it's not fun to have a result that uh, shows you that you are le- not so good as you was before. I think that's a hard thing to handle and many skier will quit uh, at that time. Mm. But for me, it has been a great uh, motivation to try to keep up and try to be even smarter in the training and see how far can I push it but also to see the other skiers in my team to improve so I think it's a combination of that two part but yeah but when you come to a race it's uh, for me now it's uh, easier to do the long the long races with slower starts uh, and I have more problem uh, in the shorter races than I had before it's fun to look at your first World Cup. We found, we found um, names like Prokhorov, Erling Jevne, Vegard Ulvang, Björn Daly, 
Jan Ottosson, Torgny Mogen. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it feels, it feels so, so weird. What, you're all ski friends. What do they say about that you're still skiing? Are they, uh, like, like maybe 10 years ago, people were starting asking me, when are you stop skiing? When are you, are you, is this the last season? So uh, for like 10 years ago, I, I uh, was thinking about it and I was maybe, maybe one year, maybe one year more, but, but now I, I, it's I'm thinking different because now I put the team before myself because now I feel that I'm um, like a coach, a motivator on the team. I'm on the start line and I I know I I motivate some of the sponsors. I have accepted that I am a little bit slower than I wanted to be and I was before. So now I have a, another view on it. Now I also feel that uh, other skiers think it's. Uh, it's fun that I'm in the in the group there, but uh, yeah. And how long for how long are you going to be there in the elite field? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, some race this year I was uh, in group two or three in the start, but uh, in the important races in the end of the season I was uh, in better shape. So I want to do a good season this winter, and I'll see after that because uh, I'm. I know that uh, my mind are more into do good training for my son Oliver and to try to help him, and I see the um, the same feeling in him that I had uh, uh, when I was young. So uh, yeah, I, I talked to Olaina Bjørndal uh, some days ago, and he is trainer for. Uh, we were discussing some um, training. He's you know he's a coach for a Chinese. Uh, Biathlon, and we are discussing some uh, thing with the training, and he 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 sent me a message some sometimes after we had talked, and fuck that should have been sixteen years ago uh, again <laughs> because uh, I think then to sit down and plan training and try to be better and better and better, they, that's that's the excited thing in the sport, and uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. so, so when you look at Visma Ski Classics uh, development over 10 years. And if you look 10 years from now on, what do you see? I am really glad that uh, David and the rest of the the, the Ski Classic uh, part have uh, developed the sport because I think it's important for cross-country skiing. Uh, just World Cup is, uh, for me, a little bit boring, but more than it was before. So long distance are also more and more popular about the public and uh, TV watchers. What I want is to have more long distance, not short races, because short races in long distance is more like a Beaver Cup. So I think it's important to have uh, more of the long races. And I think it's important to have uh, more of the profiled best World Cup racers in the ski classic races and if you have uh, high uh, uh, price money and if you have uh, high prestige to win just one or two races i think it's important to have both men and women in the long distance race and here in norway it's very very difficult to be on the world cup team so i hope some but still you you, you have so few female skiers uh, from Norway in Visma Ski yes, Classics. We need more. We need more female skiers because uh, it's so many good skiers, and uh, 
it's important that they see that okay, uh, long distance is also a, a arena for uh, for skiing. To take in Marit Björgen in our team now, it's uh, so fun because she is like icon in cross country skiing, and to have her in our training group and to have her on some training camps and to have her on the start line in some races, I think will be so good ambassador for uh, women skiers in long distance. So what place will she have in the Vasselopet? It's difficult to say because she had two years now without uh, top training. But uh, And I saw Lina Korsgren last year. She impressed me a lot and Britta is so fast. But I think uh, Marit uh, will do a good race and uh, be fighting for a, a podium places. I think, I think so. Thank you so much for for joining us for this podcast and especially thanks a lot for still being in the circuit where all of us want to have you there many more years well thanks hope so (laughs) this podcast is a w sports media production